Thank you for listening to this week's message from Gateway City Church. For more information about Gateway City, check us out online at gatewaycitychurch.co. We hope you enjoy today's message. Gateway City Church, how you feeling this morning? You look good. You sound good. Can we give it up for our worship team? Don't they do a phenomenal job every single week leading worship? I would love to lead worship, but Chase won't let me. And so, uh, so we're just going to leave it to the people that actually can sing and play instruments. And so uh, I'll just stick to talking because uh, it seems to be the one thing that I can actually do pretty well. And so uh, we're so glad that you guys are here. For those of you that I have not had a chance to meet, my name is Will. I, um, I along with my, my incredible wife, Suzanne, who I call Foxy Lady because I just call it like I see it. Uh, I love my wife, and uh, we have the incredible privilege of pastoring Gateway City Church, and it's, uh, we love it. And, uh, and so, uh, and yeah, and we're so glad that you're here. If you're brand new to Gateway City Church, if you're a guest with us, uh, something really, really simple just to know about us is we're a pretty simple church. Um, we just, we love God and we love people. That's, that's about it. And uh, we love God and, and we love people. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. You could have been born on a church pew, been in church your whole life, or this could be your first time ever walking through the doors of a church. It doesn't matter. We're just glad that you're here. And, uh, and we're just, it's so great to see you. And, uh, and today, we're, uh, you're here on a great day because we have baptism, which I'm excited about. I hope the water warms up. Uh, there's a heater going, but, you know, last time I checked it, it was still like in the mid-70s, so we'll see. Um, I may or may not be in the pool with the people. I might just be on the outside just letting them get wet, but we'll see. Um, but anyway, but no, it's a great day. And today, we're actually, we're wrapping up a series. It's been a four-week series. We're wrapping up a series that we've called Trials and Trophies. And if, you've, and, if you've, and if you haven't been here for the rest of the series, it's been a pretty simple series. We're talking about the trials that we face in life. Life is full of just inevitable trials that we, can't, we constantly have to go through and deal with and navigate and work to overcome. And we've been talking about practical ways that we can actually navigate those trials and overcome those trials. And in the very first week of the series, we, we identified the fact that life is full of trials that we're going to face. It's inevitable. You're going to face trials. But because trials are, trials are inevitable, there's a purpose to the trials. We learned that, that, that the trials actually serve a purpose. You know, the, the, the resistance that you face is what creates resilience. And that you're made stronger in the struggle. You know, we identified that. And then, and then in week two, we talked about, we identified the, the very first step that you have to take. In, in learning how to navigate and overcome a trial. And the very first step is one is you have to learn how to own your part of the problem. You have to own what the, whatever part you played in whatever trial that you're currently facing. You know, because we said that you, just can't, you can't always blame other people. You, can't, you can blame your way into the future, but you just can't blame your way into a better future. And then last week, last week we said we, said we need to rethink it. We need to rethink it. And we said that if you change the way you think, It'll change what you do. You change the way you think about things. You change the way you see things. It'll change the way, it'll change the way you do things. It'll change the way you see people. It'll change the way you interact with people. And today, today I wanna, I wanna, we want to close out this series, and I want to I talk about uh, you, you have to release it. And so we, we, two weeks ago, we owned it, we rethink it, and now we're going to release it. I really tried to make all three of those start with an R, I, really, I wanted to alliterate it because it's just it's what I call preaching pretty, but I couldn't do it because it just didn't make any sense. So own, rethink, and today I, we want to we release it. 
And here's what I mean by release it. I, I, I want to ask them to pull up a chart. It's a pie chart. I never thought I would use pie charts once I got out of high school. But here I am preaching about pie charts. And so and I want to call this, this is, this is what I want to call the circle of blame. And so this circle of blame, if we're going to go back to, to week two and owning it, this circle of blame, it represents all of the blame that explains whatever trial you're currently facing. Whatever problem that you're dealing with, you know, and so like this is this is your part, and this is actually this is probably my my pie chart because probably all of the problems I deal with, I'm probably half to blame. So let's let's you guys look a little more holy than I am. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, this is more you. So so this is everybody else's problems. This is what and this is what you have to own. Just twenty. You know what? You're better than that. Let's do this. Let's do this one. There we go. That's it. Because, like, you know, this is the story that we like to tell, right? Nobody likes to tell the story about how they messed up, how they made the mistake. We want to talk about them, how, how they messed up, how they made the mistake, how they were disingenuous, how they were dishonest. We like this story, the story that makes us look better. 90% of the problem is you. And I, 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 I guess I'll own just, you know, I guess I'll own, you know, a little bit of it. I mean, I, had a, I was there. That's something. So I'll own this 10%. And, uh, and, so, and so last week, so, so in week one or week two, we talked about how if you want to, step one in overcoming whatever problem, whatever trial that you're facing, you first got to own your part of the problem. You got to own your part of the problem. So two weeks ago, we talked about this 10%, your 10%. This week, I want to talk about the 90%. I want to talk about the 90%, the, the part that represents everything that everyone else has done to contribute to whatever trial that you're currently facing. And here's why this is a big deal. Here's why this is so important. It's because just like not owning your 10%, just like not owning your part of the trial allows you to smuggle your issues into your future, not dealing with this 90%, not dealing with this 90%, it allows other people, the people that have hurt you, the people that have lied to you or lied about you, it allows, it allows other people to smuggle their issues into your future. And so, and so not, not owning what you did allows you to smuggle your issues into your future, but not dealing with what they did allows them to smuggle their issues into your future. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands because that would be stupid. But, but who wants to do that? Like, does that sound like a really good idea to anybody? Who wants, who wants, to, allow, who wants to allow what other people have done to hurt you to continue to influence you as you move through life. Like who wants that? Nobody wants that. Nobody wants, nobody wants to deal with that. Nobody wants to deal with that. And because here's the deal. And if you don't, what that essentially means, that essentially means that, that if you don't deal with this, it essentially means that you're allowing the people in your life who have hurt you the most, you're allowing those people, those situations, those circumstances to have influence over your future. And nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Ever. Nobody wants that. That's why, it's, and, and, and for, for some people, it's why, 
It's why, you know, your, your second marriage is starting to look a lot like your first marriage. You know, you, you, your first husband, he said you act a lot like your mom, and so you got rid of him. And now your second husband is starting to say that you act like your mom. And you're sitting there thinking, like, what is wrong with these people? Well, like, just I want to point this out. The common denominator is you. It's you. It's you. And so and, and like, and none, of, none, of us, none of us won't. Like, you show up in every relationship you have. You follow you around everywhere. Everywhere you go, there you are. And you can't get away from you. You show up in every bad financial decision. And none of, none of us, none of us want the people or the things that have created chaos in our life. None of us want to carry those things into our future. None of us want to give the things that created chaos in our life. You know, the, the, you know, the, the bad childhood, the, the last job, your last neighborhood, your last team, your last school, what, whatever it is. None of us want to carry those things that created chaos in our past. None of us want to carry those things in the future, but so many of us do. So many of us do. And if you don't deal with what they did, you will ultimately give those people that have hurt you, that have slandered you, that have lied to you and about you, you will give them influence over your future. And so what I want to do right now is I want to ask, I want to ask really two really insensitive questions. I want to ask really two, and if you, and if you don't like these questions or, or if you don't really like what these questions cause you to think about, I completely understand. I don't really have the most sensitive approach to counseling. Um, I just, I like to listen to the problem and then I just like to focus on how we're going to get over it. You know, I don't, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about it for four weeks. No, we're going to talk about it today and then we're going to put some practical things together and we're going to move forward. So I, I, just, I, just, I don't really have a sensitive approach to counseling. Uh, and I've asked this question to a lot of people before, and nobody really has a seem, seems to have a good answer. And sometimes people look at me like these are like, re, you know, like just stupid questions, but I think they're really great questions if you want to know the truth because um, I think I'm smart. Um, hey, listen, if, if you don't like yourself, who's going to like you? I mean, come on. But So here's the first question. Is how far into your future do you intend to carry the anger of your past? How far into your future do you intend? And there's the word intend. And most people would say, well, I don't intend to carry that anger at all. Well, here's the thing. Nobody intends, but, but, like, but if you don't do anything about it, well, then you're, you don't intend to not do anything with that anger either. So how far into your future do you intend to carry the anger of your past? And then the second question is, is, is this, is how long will you allow those who mistreated you in the past to influence your future? How long? Another week? Another month? Another year? Another marriage? Your whole career? And you go, well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't plan any of it. I know you don't. That's why this is so important. We have to deal with it. We have to plan to deal with it. 
We have to plan to deal with it. And, and because we don't deal with it, because we don't deal with what they did, and we can't get over what they did or what they said to hurt us, we, we walk around, we, walk, like, we, we, don't, we just explain things away, we dismiss it, we don't really deal with it, we just kind of casually, just vaguely live our lives, and we have bad attitudes, and we have, we have poor perspective, and we have short tempers, and, you know, we're always, we're, we're frustrated, and we're mad, and, you know, and we, we just, we, we, never, we never deal with it. And then you're really sensitive, everybody knows your issues, don't talk about that, it will set him off, just avoid the topic. Everybody knows your issues. Just don't set it up. So how long? How long? We've allowed people that have hurt us in the past to continue to have influence over our future. And everybody's really, really quiet right now. And either that's because those are, in fact, really, really bad questions, or you just, or you just don't really like thinking about those things. You don't like thinking about those things. Have, um, have any, has anybody ever met somebody that just really seemed to have everything together? Like you, 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 look at, you look at them, you look at their life, and everything seems to be going pretty well for them. Everything seems to kind of work out and kind of go their way. Uh, life may not be easy, but it doesn't seem to be really all that difficult. You ever met those people? You know, the, 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 the kind of guy, like the person that, you know, whenever you go over to their house, the house is always really neat and really clean, and that just upsets you. And then, and then whenever you look at their family pictures, everybody in their family is, is just, all the family photos, they've kept up with them every year, and everybody's smiling, you know, and their kids are dressed really, really well, and they have college credit in the third grade. I don't know how that happens, but the, you know, you know, those kids, and, and then you think about your family, and, you know, you don't have family photos, and if you do, your kids aren't smiling, they're actually punching one another. You know, and, and then, you know, your kid can't pass study hall. And then, and, then, and then one of your children had their underwear over their pants when you checked them into City Kids this morning. You know, that, that's your family. You know, like, we, yeah, we all know that family. But, but it be, be, you ever met people like that? You know? But then, but, but then have you ever met people like that? And then the more you got to know them and the more, and, and the more about their backstory that you heard, what the, the story, their backstory is they had to deal with something awful. They had to deal with something ridiculously difficult that you don't know how you would even begin to process overcoming it, but it doesn't seem to have affected their future. It doesn't seem to have affected, they, they don't have any bitterness, and you're just like, how in the world did you go through that? And whenever you look at their backstory and look at their life now, it makes, like you would have never, I would have never have thought they came from that. I would have never have thought they grew up in that house because it hasn't affected them at all. They don't have any bitterness. They don't have any anger. They don't have any resentment. How did they go? Like, I would have never. How did they grow up in, in, in that? Like, how did they go from, oh, my gosh, to I want to be you when I grow up? You know, how, how did they go from, how did they go to that? You ever, like, I've, I've met people like that. And, and, and whenever I meet people like that, I always... I always want to get to know them a little bit for, a little bit better, and, and, and I really want to ask them a lot of questions because, you know, I want to know, how did, you, how did you go through this in your past, but your future turned out in such a way that it doesn't seem to be affected by what you dealt with or how you grew up? How did, so how did, how did you do that? 
And there's one word that always comes up in every one of those conversations. Anytime I meet someone that has dealt with a difficult past or a difficult situation to overcome it and seemingly be unfazed by it, there's always one word that they mention, that they say, that they use in their story. It's the word decided. Decided. It's a powerful word. If you've never really thought about it, it's a powerful word. How did, how did you overcome this situation? Well, well I, I just, I decided. I made up my mind. I made up my mind that it wasn't going to affect my future. I decided that I wasn't going to. And here's the deal. And they, they, learned, they learned something that we all need to embrace. It's simply this. It's this your, your past exists to remind you. Not to find you. Your past exists to remind you, not to find you. I've got a friend of mine. This is this is kind of his story. Um, great friend of mine, and uh, he's a great he's a great friend. He's a great dad. Uh, just I mean, just very level headed. Very like a lot, just a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight. And whenever you look at his past, he's got a past that he comes from a broken home comes from a broken home where where his his mom actually kidnapped him from his dad and in order to get him back his dad had to pay his mom to get him back and his mom thought his value was three hundred dollars mom said you can have him back if you give me three hundred dollars grew up in a home of, of of alcohol and drugs addiction incredible athlete but wasted it all away on alcohol and drugs missed out on college because I mean, just I mean, uh, re, uh, just an unbelievable past. Um, like, it, it just blows your mind. Like, and you 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 listen and you listen to his story, and it, and it blows my mind to look at who he is now. No resentment, no hard feelings. Just just moving through life. And I remember, just, I, how did you how did you go from this to to just this, where you don't seem to have any resentment, any hard feelings, any any baggage, and. And he just he said, he said he said life's hard enough. So I just decided that I wasn't going to drag any of that into my future. He decided, just made up his mind, and through a process of dealing with what other people had done with him, he he overcame it. He dealt with it. He moved on. And, 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 and basically, he said, he said, listen, I'm going to allow, I'm going to allow my past to inform my current decisions, but I'm not going to allow my past to control my future. And you and I, we need to embrace, we need to understand that. Listen, it's okay. Your past exists to remind you, not define you. You can learn from your past so much so that it will inform the decisions that you make, but you don't have to allow your past to, to dictate, to determine your future. And basically what it is, just simply, just, just simply put, you need, to re, you need to learn to release the past so the past can release you. Release the past so you, so the past can release you. You have to. If you want to make sure that you don't drag not just your past, but the emotions of your past, the anger of your past, 
the frustrations of your past, the fears and the anxieties, the things that just kind of seem to keep you off balance in life. You can't ever seem to get a sure footing. If you want to ensure that those things of your past don't affect your future, you and I, we've got to learn to deal with it. We've got to find a way to deal with it. And I know you want this because I want the same thing for my life. I want the same thing for my life. And the truth is, the truth of it all, the religious way to approach this, the Christian way to approach this, which this isn't going to come to come as a big surprise to anyone, is, is, is to forgive. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And I know you, you came here and you're like, man, he's really going to give me something new. I'm going to, I, I, I knew that's kind of in the Bible to forgive and, and, and I really was wanting something new. But, uh, but let's, be, let's all be real. Let's all be adults. If we actually knew how to forgive and we knew how powerful forgiveness actually was, we would have already done it and we would have already moved past the thing that we're holding on to. So let's just all be adults and let's just go, you know what? Hang in there with me for the next few minutes and we're actually probably going to learn something about forgiveness that we didn't already know. And it's going to help us as we move forward. And here's what I want to tell you about forgiveness. I love this. I'm quick like a cat. I didn't used to be an athlete. I still am an athlete. Here's what I, here's what I, want, you to, here's what I want you to know about forgiveness. Is forgiveness allows you to leverage the lessons of the past without carrying around the luggage of the past. Forgiveness allows you to leverage the lessons of the past without carrying around the luggage of the past, the baggage of the past, all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the disappointment. You can, you can leverage those things without, actually, without them actually weighing you down and hindering your process moving forward, hindering your future. In, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul, he's writing a letter to, to a church in Ephesus. And, uh, and that's, that's where we get the book of Ephesians. He's writing a, he's writing a letter to the, to the church in Ephesus. And he's writing them to, to encourage them, to, to help them grow in their faith. And, and this is what Paul writes in verse 26. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. What I want you guys to see is that's actually two imperatives. Paul is actually, he's actually making two statements. In the original language that this was actually written in, which is Greek, it actually reads, be angry and do not sin. Paul is saying, listen, it's okay to be angry. There's a place for anger. You can be angry, but while you're angry, do not allow your anger to cause you to sin. And this is really, really great because there's a lot of you in here that are following the teachings of the Bible and you didn't even know it. You're angry about some stuff, but you're not sinning. Congratulations. You're better Christians than you, thought, than you thought you were. Paul is saying, listen, you can be angry, but just, just don't sin. Don't allow your sin, don't allow your anger to cause you to sin. There's an appropriate place, but, but, there's, a, but there's a way to be angry and not sin, and we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. 
And I want you to, and, then, and then he goes on to say, he says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And I want to like highlight like this, 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 these two words, do not, it actually means that you have a decision. It's your choice. You can choose not to lean into your anger to the point of, a cause, of, of it causing you to sin. You have a choice. You have a say in the matter. Takes, really, honestly, it just takes us back to my original question. How long are you going to be angry? See, my questions don't seem so stupid now, do they? I got them from Paul. We don't get mad at Paul. We get mad at the preacher. How long are you going to be angry? How many sunsets are going to go by before you let go of the anger? That's what Paul's asking. That's what Paul's asking. There's a decision that you have to make. And then in verse 27, he goes on to say, he says, And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. There's so much in this verse I didn't even realize was there until I was studying it this week. It's incredible. The word foothold, the word foothold, it actually means a staging ground. It means staging ground. And so what Paul is saying, he says, he says listen, do not give the devil a staging ground for your grief, for your anger, for your bitterness. Do not give the devil the opportunity to set up shop in your heart or in your mind. Because whenever you allow him to set up shop in your heart and in your mind, he will wreak havoc in your future. Don't give the devil a staging ground. Don't give, him, don't give him a place to wreak havoc in your mind and influence your future by reaching into your past. And I want to highlight this word too. This, this was interesting to me. I want to highlight the word devil. I want to highlight the word devil. And just, just this is where this gets personal. And this is where it flies in the face of all of our emotions. There's a Greek word that we, that we probably all know. It's the word Satan. And whenever I say the word Satan, you, you know, you know not, not what I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. Satan, the enemy of God, who was cast out of heaven when he tried to overthrow God. Satan, the same one that tempted Jesus for 40 days after, after he was baptized. But notice, Paul doesn't say, don't give Satan a foothold. He's not talking about Satan. He uses the word devil. And in the Greek language, and I promise you I'm not this smart, I just study a lot. I don't know Greek, I just study. And the word devil, it actually, it actually best translates into English from Greek as to mean slanderer or liar. That's what, in the Greek, that's what the word devil actually translates best into English as, is the word devil translates best into the, the words slanderer and liar. So the best way to read this passage of Scripture, the best way to read this passage of Scripture and really understand what Paul is trying to say and trying to teach us is whenever you read this verse, replace the word devil with the name or the person or persons who have slandered you, who have lied about you, who have lied to you. I want to read it again. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give Thomas a foothold. Sorry if your name's Thomas. 
I just put that in there because one of my best friends is named Thomas. He's sitting in the back. And do not give your ex-husband a foothold. Do not give your ex-wife a foothold. Do not give your best friend who stabbed you in the back a foothold. Do not give your company who fired you a foothold. Do not allow the relationships that have hurt you in the past to set up shop in your heart and in your mind that create an inability for you to move on into your future and become and be everything that God ever wanted you to be. Do not give those who hurt you the most influence over your future. Whew. A little heavier now, isn't it? It was for me when I read it. It was for me as I was studying it and I was learning it. Do you really want to give the person that's hurt you the most the power to impact your future? Do you really want to give the person who hurt you the most the situation that caused you the most pain, do you really want to give that person or that situation or that circumstance, do you really want to give them power over your future, influence over who, who you know God is calling you to be, but you can never get there because you haven't let go of the past. You haven't released it yet. No, you don't. You don't. I, I don't. I don't. See, Paul is trying to say there is a place for your anger, but you have to keep anger in its place. There's a place for your anger, but you have to keep anger in its place. You have to decide. There's that word, decide. Powerful word. You have to decide. Let the past inform your decisions, but don't let it control your future. And if you go on and you read, continue to read in, in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians, in verse 31, Paul says, get rid of all bitterness. And there's that, listen, get rid of. You have a choice. You can get rid of it. You can choose to let it go. You can choose to lay it aside. You can choose to move on. It's your choice. Get rid of all bitterness. And you're like, well, I'll get rid of my bitterness when they come and apologize. No, you won't. Them coming to apologize is them making a decision. You holding on to your bitterness is your choice. You holding on to bitterness, that's a you problem. That's a you problem. I've always been told, I've always been told that bitterness is like you drinking poison and waiting on the other person to get sick. Your bitterness does nothing to them or against them. It only eats you alive on the inside. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. And here's our forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. You know what forgiveness really is? Forgiveness equals pardon. That's what forgiveness is. 
Forgiveness means to pardon someone. You know what pardon means? To pardon someone means to means to be completely guilty of what you're being accused of. Your, your lawyer did not convince us that you did not do it. We know you did it. We know you did it. We know you're guilty. We know you, you, were, the one that, you were the one that made the mistake. You were no, you, we know you were the one that was dishonest. We know you did it. But you don't have to pay for it. That's what pardon is. I, we know you're guilty. But we're not going to hold you accountable. We're not going to hold you responsible. We are going to pardon you. And you get to go free. And not only do you get to go free today, but when I see you tomorrow, I'm not going to remind you about what we accused you of yesterday. That's what, that's what to pardon is. You're absolutely guilty, but you don't have to pay for it. And let me tell you right here, right now, and maybe you've heard this before, but, and maybe this is why you're here today, just this one idea. The only way, the only way to move past whatever trial, whatever problem, whatever difficult situation that you're currently in the middle of, the only way to move past it, the only way to break the chain that links your past and your future is to pardon is to forgive it's the only way it's the only way and listen and if I heard your story if you were to tell me your story if you were to tell me your problem if you were to tell me what they did like listen I would probably agree with you I would probably side with you they don't deserve it they don't deserve to be pardoned they don't deserve to be forgiven but let me, let me, let me tell you this God thinks that you deserve it. The God who loves you thinks that your future, your future family, your future relationships, God thinks that you deserve it. So who are we to withhold forgiveness that would actually set us free to live out the life that God has created us to live. Who are we to withhold forgiveness for other people when God thinks that we deserve it? The best thing that you can do for you is forgive. Listen, forgiveness is not the best thing that you can do for other people. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness sets you free. Forgiveness sets you free. The best thing that you can do for you is to forgive. But Will, it was their fault. I didn't do anything wrong. Which we all know that's a lie. We all have a part to play in it. Shouldn't like I feel like I should just wait for them to come apologize and then I'll forgive them. Why do I have to go first? It's because going first enables you to go on. Going first enables you to go on. If you wait for them to apologize, you may be waiting forever. And forever is a long time to wait to be set free. 
You're not in control of what they do. You're only in control of who you are and what you do. You have to decide to release the past so the past can release you. And whenever you do, whenever you make the decision, there's that word, decision to forgive, to pardon, it will set you free to become everything that God has ever intended for you to be. And if you're, here in the, if you're here today and you're not a Christian and you don't follow Jesus, you can take this or leave this. You're not on the hook. But if you are, you are here and you are a follower of Jesus, you are a Christian, you have made the decision to place your faith in who Jesus is, this is something that you and I, we have to do. We have to. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Here it is, the end of verse 31. Just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. God thinks you deserve it. Even though you know who you are, you know what you've done, you know your past. Not only did God think you des- not only does God think you deserve it, but look at the lengths He went through to provide it for you. Gave up His only Son, who willingly gave up His life to pay the price for your failures, for your mistakes, for your sin, for my sin. God thinks you deserve it. Doesn't your ex, doesn't your employer, doesn't your your best friend who you haven't talked to in three weeks? Small price to pay, small price to pay for the future that the creator of the universe created you to live out. Now here's the thing. There is a catch. In order, to, in order to forgive, you have to have first received forgiveness. In order to have the ability, the power, the strength to forgive others, you have to yourself have received forgiveness. And if you're here today, receiving forgiveness it's, it's that quick. It's that easy. You just simply have to ask God to forgive you. Ask God to remove the sins of your past. Become the Lord of your life. Make your decision to place your faith in Jesus and ask him to make you brand new. Ephesians uh, tells us that, that whenever we make the decision to follow Jesus, the old is gone and the new comes old is washed away and the new has come you're oh you say you say you say goodbye to your old life and you step into a brand new life a life in christ that goes beyond anything that you could ever ask think or imagine possess on your own live out on your own but you have to receive forgiveness first and so today just as we close just with every head bow every every head bowed every eye closed i just want to pray for you 
And if you're in here today and you would love to know what it's like to be able to forgive the people in your life who have hurt you and kept you from moving on into the future that God has called you. If you want to know what that's like, but you, you can't give forgiveness because you haven't yet received it. And you want to make the decision to receive the forgiveness of a holy God who can step into your life and erase your sin, erase your past, and set you on the path to living out a life and a future that you never thought possible, that you could never live out on your own. If you would just say, you know what, Will, I, I want to receive the forgiveness that God has to offer today, and I want to accept Jesus as my Savior, would you just please let me know by raising your hand? I want to pray for you. Just let me know. I want to re- I want, I want to ask Jesus to step into my life and be my Savior. I want to pray with you. Now, for those of you that are in the room, that if you have been holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness, and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's wrecking, it's wrecking who you are, and it's wrecking your future, and you can't move on because you haven't yet released the past, and you haven't yet forgiven someone. If you are struggling with forgiving someone or something right now, would, I want to pray. Would you just let me, like, hey, listen, that's me. I'm struggling with forgiveness. I'm struggling with forgiving someone. I'm still holding on to bitterness, and I, and I want to let it go. Yeah, just raise your hand. Let me know. I want to pray for you. Yeah. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Thank you. You put your hands down. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And Father, I come to you on behalf of everyone in here who is holding on to the past so tightly that it's preventing them from stepping into their future. They're harboring bitterness over what someone has done to them, the the lies and they've been lied about, they've been lied to, and Father, they're holding on to it. Father, I pray that today, by the power of your Spirit living within us, Father, would you give us, Father, the strength to let it go. God, help us to release the past so that it can release us. God, help us to step into the freedom of forgiveness, recognizing that forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person, but it has everything to do with us, and the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to forgive. Father, today we let go of bitterness. Father, today we let go of pain, we let go of frustration, we let go of anger. And Father, we step out of that and we step into your freedom, we step into your purpose, we step into the life that you have created for us to live. Father, we step into being the person that you have created us to be. No longer will we be held back by bitterness and by pain and by anger and by anxiety and by fear. Father, today I pray for those that have raised their hand. I pray that your spirit would just move right now in in their lives, in their hearts, in their situations. God, help them to let it go. Help them to release the past. Help them to forgive. And Father, today I pray that that they can just breathe a sigh of relief and step into freedom. Father, today we love you and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done. 
Father, we thank you for what you are going to do. Father, I thank you for the lives that have been changed, the lives that have been set free by accepting you as their Savior. And I thank you for those people who are stepping into the waters of baptism to go public with their faith and say, I am a follower of Jesus. I am brand new. My old life is gone. And I'm stepping into a brand new life. Father, we celebrate those people today. Father, we love you. And it's in your strong name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Can we put our hands together for everybody that's found some freedom today by releasing the past, forgiving? Amen. Amen.